get up here, I encourage you to pull out your uh, connection card out of the program. It's a white and blue card here, and uh, if you are a guest with us, I invite you to uh, give us some information that we, we could uh, get in touch with you and give you a welcome to the church. After the service, you can simply leave that card on the pew behind you, and we'll come around and uh, pick that up. We're really glad that you are with us today. In fact, we'd like to give you a uh, gift. There is, uh, at the Connection Central booth, is an opportunity, uh, you can go and get a little gift from us, and there's some brochures there. If you'd like more information about the church, we'd love to help you uh, provide that information. If you are a regular attender with us, uh, feel free to uh, register for something or leave us a prayer request or a praise report. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we uh, always keep those prayer requests uh, in our prayers throughout the week. In, in way of announcement, a lot going on today. Shaume uh, Misahachi's uh, baby shower is this afternoon. Basketball game, both of which are at 12.30, so figure out what's more important. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but actually, I don't know how you're going to get around that one. But uh, all of our guy players are in the basketball. All the players in the basketball game today, I think, are men. And I have a feeling most people that want to attend the baby shower are women, so we'll, we'll call it an even split. Uh, coming up, women have an upcoming event, missions. Uh, we have sharing next Sunday, congregational meeting. Please put that on your calendar for June 4th after the worship service. Beach camp, the, uh, beach camp is limited to uh, 25 members from our English and 25 members from the uh, Japanese-speaking congregation. So it's very limited. So if you want to go, it's first come, first serve. Please sign up on the sign-up sheet in the foyer, uh, and uh, we would love to have you attend that. One other announcement, and that is, if you look at the order of worship today, it says, devotional, Pastor Rick. And I'm not Pastor Rick. So the announcement is that Pastor Rick has gone home sick. Uh, in fact, it was, it was about an hour ago he let me know, you're preaching today. So uh, pray for God's grace, and uh, we're going to make, it's going to be short and sweet. Uh, the, the blessing is that we're going to have a lot of testimonies. So I'm not going to uh, preach for very long. In fact, uh, in prayer meeting, Pastor Rick got up and left early, and afterwards someone said, you know what, he just ought to go home. You can cover. And I said, you know the story of Samson in the Bible? You know, he got tied up with ropes, and, uh, and he was this, just this strong guy, and was, the ropes had no power over his strength. He was going to bust through the ropes. Uh, it wasn't until he got his hair cut that he lost his strength. And I, and I turned to Amy, his wife, and I said, we could tie up uh, Pastor Rick with ropes, and somehow he would break through and deliver this sermon. Well, someone found a pair of scissors, I guess, or, uh, because it wasn't a few minutes later, he knocked on my door and said, hey, you're given the message. So if the message is not good, I'm just the messenger. He wrote the sermon. Right? These are his notes. And uh, talk to him. Call him on the phone while he's sick and say, don't ever do that again. It was bad. But uh, we're going to get through it by the grace of God. 
In fact, in light of that, uh, let me take a minute and, uh, and ask for God's help. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this time for us to gather together today to uh, welcome people into our church through baptism and through uh, membership, and this is a special time. In fact, this is, I think, the, one of the best days of the whole year. In fact, this is my favorite Sunday of the whole year, just to hear all of these testimonies of your grace, of what you have done in people's lives, and just to have the encouragement to know that these people that are coming into our church are here not only because they want to be, but because you have called them to be. And we take this as a blessing from you. And God, I pray that as we look at these scriptures together, I do pray for an extra amount of your grace today. May you speak to us, and uh, may these, touch, these words touch our hearts wherever we are at, in whatever spiritual state we come this morning. May you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. The passage this morning is Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, the verses I want to look, look, us to look at briefly are Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13. In fact, again, we speak of God's grace. Uh, I wrote a, a doctoral dissertation, and uh, these were the main verses that I used. So even though I haven't had a lot of time to prep for this, uh, in a sense, I have, because I've looked at these verses quite a bit. And uh, so God, again, out of his mercy, uh, led Pastor Rick for us to look at these verses together today. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. One of the things that I have noticed when I've uh, studied this passage, and I've tried to study it actually quite in depth, is that sometimes the list that is given here, five, uh, five people are mentioned or five groups are mentioned, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Sometimes these uh, these this list will be on a list of spiritual gifts. You know, we have spiritual gifts that are talked about in 1 Corinthians and in other places in the Bible, and uh, they'll make lists. Here are all the spiritual gifts that are li uh, listed in the Bible. And oftentimes, Ephesians 4.11 is included in the spiritual gifts list. But I've come to the conclusion that these aren't actually, uh, these aren't, this isn't a list of spiritual gifts. Now, sure, the spiritual gifts apply to these. For example, the Bible talks about there being a gift of teaching, and teachers are meant here. So those that have the gift of teaching are surely called to be teachers in the church. But, and the Bible talks about the gift of leadership, and surely that gift applies to several of these uh, that are listed here. But I've come to the conclusion that these aren't necessarily spiritual gifts, but these are actually functions of the church. These are five e crucial and essential parts of the church that need uh, to be in place for the church to do the work of God that he has called us to do. In fact, it's very clear that if these functions are in place, there is great benefit to the church. It says that if these uh, functions are in place, 
that his people will be equipped for uh, works of good service, that the body of Christ will be built up, that we will reach unity in faith, that we will have knowledge of the Son of God, that we will be mature, that we'll, we will attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, that we will have all the blessings that God has for us as a church. Now that's six benefits, and that's a lot there. And so these things are really important for us to be the uh, people of God that he wants us to be. Now just very briefly, if we were to go and look at these functions, uh, first of all, do we have apostles in our church today? Well, maybe we, we need to have at least the function of the apostle in place. What did the apostles do? The apostles were those that were called by God to basically help give leadership and guidance to the church, to the early church. The apostles were the ones that planted churches. They were the ones that saw kind of the big picture. Paul would write his letters to Ephesians or to, to uh, other uh, churches in the, at that, in the first century, and he would be able to say, this is what you need to work on. This is what you are able to do good. And he'd provide them with vision of where they are uh, to go. And we need people in our church that God has uh, given them the ability and gifted them to be able to say, I see where we need to go. This is a vision. I see where we're weak, that we need to become stronger. I see where we are st uh, strong, that we need to continue in that direction. So it's important for us as a church to have those that are kind of that are really good at that type of thing. Who are the, the prophets? The easiest way to think about this is go back to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there were prophets who were basically they were there to stand on the side of those who were being mistreated. They would look for the, uh, what is being done wrong in society or in, in the nation of Israel. What, is, uh, what uh, needs to happen? And they would speak the word of God into that and say, this is not what God's will is. And I think of us as, as a church, boy, we have to have those in our midst that are reminding us of the injustices that are taking place around us. We have to have people that have a, a sensitive heart to God's, uh, towards God's heart for the poor and those that are being mistreated. We have to have those that really believe in social justice and be able to say, this is what God has called us to do in the community and in our own body of believers. So that's a crucial function of the church. The evangelists are those that share the good news, the gospel, with those who are lost. All of us know unbelievers, people that are in the world that if they were to die today, we would, we would not only be uh, scared of where they would spend eternity, but we are, uh, we are tetrified. Because we know full well that they would be lost forever. And all of us are called to do the work of an evangelist, but there are some that are really, uh, that are called to help us as a church to be strong in the area of evangelism. That's a third function of the church. Now, pastors in this list is probably the most misunderstood of all of them. A pastor, in the, the word pastor comes from, in the Greek culture in which this was given, a person that would take care of the sheep. They were a shepherd. And in the church, we need people that are really, uh, that have a heart to come alongside and to shepherd those that are hurting. It could be a physical illness. It could be emotional struggle. But, these are, but our shepherds are those that help us as a church be equipped 
to do the work of, of Christ in that they are helping us to come alongside of those that are, that are struggling. And then lastly, teachers. Teachers are those that can, in very clear and precise ways, help us to not only understand the Word of God, but to apply it to our lives. And if all of those things are done, then we are able to, if those five functions exist in the church, I think we are going to do what Paul says here, be mature, that we are going to be able to do the works of service that God has called us to do. So now, how does that apply to uh, membership and baptism? I think the connection is pretty clear. The people that are being admitted into our church today are going to help us to be stronger as the body of Christ. They're going to help us be stronger in each of these areas so that we can be equipped to do the work that God has called us to do, so that we as a body of Christ might be built up, so that we might be mature. I am always amazed that when we admit people into our church uh, through membership and through baptism, I just stand back and think, we are stronger today than, than we were yesterday. That God has called people to us to help us to do the work that God has called us to do. That's why this gets me so jazzed when I think about what we are doing today. Because this is exciting. God is uh, equipping us to be the church that he has called us to be. Okay, that's my two cents. Now, the rest of this, blame on Pastor Rick. All right? What is the meaning of being a member? Pastor Rick wrote down, it is simply a decision which communicates that this is my church. People that are coming today are saying, this is my church. I take ownership here. I, I really believe that God has called me to be here. And I make that decision to publicly declare, I am here with you. I want to be here to support you and encourage you and to serve alongside of you in ministry. And I ask that you would do the same for me. Encourage me in my faith that we might grow together. It is a step which says, I believe God led me here to serve him, grow in him, and plant roots until he moves me on. So this is this uh, idea of a commitment to say that God has led me here. A firm understanding within our hearts that this is a place where I'm going to serve and grow in my faith. And then thirdly, it is a step of commitment to God's people and the ministry of West Covina Christian Church. And so here is a step of commitment to say, I am here in this church uh, to be involved in the life of the church. Membership qualifies a person to be considered for service on our board of directors or, in our, or on our deacons. So in other words, this is an important step for the leadership of our church. That as people join the church, this, we now have them uh, have an opportunity to have them serve in these key leadership roles. And it gives uh, them the opportunity to vote in our annual meeting. Our annual meeting will make decisions. In fact, our annual meeting is coming up in just a couple weeks on June 4th. And uh, so this is an opportunity for them to, to vote on important things like our annual budget and uh, different officers that are serving in different roles. And so that is, voting is limited to memberships who are 18 years of age and older. Secondly, what about baptism? Well, baptism is not salvation. This is not an act of before you were not saved and now you are saved. 
Rather, it is a public declaration of what God has already done in your heart, that God has already saved you. And so salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ, believing that he died for you, and because he did, you are forgiven of your sins and have eternal life and are a member of God's family with all the blessings that go with being a beloved child of the Creator. So as we think about baptism, it is an act of faith. It is a step of faith, but it is not an act or step of saving faith. That has already taken place within the person's heart, and now what we are doing is a symbol of what has already taken place. So for example, in in, uh, Acts 18.8, we think about the idea of baptism being a declaration of our faith. Acts 18.8 says, Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. So you notice here, belief is first, and then once they believe, they are baptized. It's a declaration of our faith. Secondly, baptism is your identification with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 6.4 says, We who were buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. So when we uh, bring people up into this uh, tank, into this water, they will stand there and I will give a statement that acknowledges that they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And then they are going to be brought back backwards all the way under the water. And the Bible talks about uh, us being dead in our sins. When they are under the water, they are in a, symbolically, they are dead. They cannot breathe. They cannot live there. They are dead. And then uh, in this water, in this water grave of so, so to speak, they are going to be lifted back out. They cannot lift themselves. If you go back uh, this way in water, if you go down this way, you can get yourself back up. If you go back this way, you've got to have someone lift you out. A person cannot save themselves. It is the work of Christ on the cross. And when they are brought back up out of the, out of the waterly grave, they are brought to new life, a resurrection. And that is exactly what happens in our hearts and in our lives when we place our faith and trust in Jesus as our personal Savior and Lord. We were dead in our sins, and now we are made alive through his uh, gift of grace. And that's what's being symbolically uh, proclaimed, that we were dead, buried, and have been raised from the dead to to new life. And lastly, baptism is a step of obedience. Jesus uh, called us in the Great Commission, Matthew 18, or Matthew 28, 19, saying, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, he said, this is what you are to do. Make disciples. And a big part of that, making disciples, is baptizing them. And we are going to baptize people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not just the words of it, we're going to baptize them in, uh, uh, in those words with the understanding that now they are filled with the Spirit. We baptize them with the presence of God. 
that they are going to be filled with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to walk with Him all of their days. So with that being said, it is uh, my great privilege to introduce to you those that are going to be uh, admitted into baptism and, uh, and new membership today. And so first of all, I want to introduce you to uh, those that are going to be baptized. We have three people that will be baptized today. And so I'll call them up one at a time and offer them their uh, certificates. In fact, actually, why don't those that are being baptized just come up now and then I'll introduce you uh, one at a time as I give you your certificates. You guys can just stay Okay, so first of all, we have Tiana Sky Lassick is joining us by, map, by baptism. <laughs> Tiana and her brother Tony started coming uh, a few years ago through a uh, vacation Bible school that we had, and uh, she and her brother and her grandparents have been coming uh, very faithfully ever since, so that is a blessing. Second of all, we have Cheyenne Alicia White. <laughs> Cheyenne's family has been here a long time. In fact, when, uh, when our church bought this property, long before I was here, in year 2000, uh, we bought it from a Baptist church, and Cheyenne's family, I think, is the only family that is still here from when we, uh, some of the members of that previous church chose to stay here. And so uh, we are blessed to have Cheyenne and her family here in our church. And lastly, Michael McKinday. Uh, Michael and his wife, Hannah, who's going to be joining by transfer of membership, have been coming now for probably about a year, and they are very involved in our young marriage group, and it is a blessing, it really is a blessing to have them in our church. So you girls can sit down. Michael, I'll have you uh, take a seat up here, because Michael's going to share his testimony in a second. But as we uh, transition, I'm going to ask that our people that are joining by transfer of membership would come forward now, and you can uh, come and... Stand here. Okay, first of all, uh, Kana Sagawa. You ever hear of dating evangelism? <laughs> Kana is, uh, started coming because she's dating Eric Aguero. And uh, we don't want to make announcements too quickly, but this is, uh, this is wonderful that uh, she is coming. Let me get my order right here. Next is Hannah McKinday.
As I said, her husband, she's coming with her husband, who's being baptized. And next is Stephen Okamoto. Stephen serves in our church as our college director, and so it's a blessing to have him join our church. Nancy Cortez. And her husband, Jose Cortez. Once in a while, a family will just come in, and right away you know that God has been gracious. And uh, Jose and Nancy have really gotten involved very quickly, and we are blessed to have them. And all of the people that are coming into our church now, so I'm going to invite you guys to come up here and take a seat. And uh, those of you that are sharing testimony... And uh, we, will, we will have, um, Stephen, are you sharing your testimony? Oh, Stephen's got to grab his testimony. Okay.